today and welcome to Holding Fast. How is your anchor holding today? Is it gripped firmly to the unshakable rock of Holy Scripture? We are journeying with Jesus still in our podcast as the days and weeks unfold, approaching Easter, our celebration of Resurrection Day. And we have happened upon Jesus as he would stop in various places and he would Uh, share some doctrinal truth and give some admonitions to those that were traveling with him, everything from counting the cost to being aware of what really makes a true disciple. And so Jesus is teaching a number of things. I I am struck as I read through the Gospel of Luke, uh, and in particular this section. Uh, Some commentators have called Luke the Gospel of Hospitality, because quite frankly, frequently Jesus is referring to times of fellowship dinners and times of, of uh, laid-back uh, um, moments when people would come together for conversation and a meal together. Really, sharing meals was and is a very important part of Jewish life. If you ever read any contemporary accounts of what's what was going on in Jesus' day. And by the way, even to this day, Jewish families are often characterized by having uh, shared meals and times of fellowship together. In fact, that's built right into Israel's uh, uh, yearly calendar where they would come together for those meals and commemorate those special things God has done for them. But sharing meals was always a part of Jewish life, and it is to this day. And in actuality, it became an important part of church life. If you're a part of any kind of Bible-believing group, uh, Bible-believing assembly uh, of, uh, of saved people, then you well know that uh, potluck meals and fellowship times and ice cream suppers and all of those fellowships uh, aside from even the private ones, are quite frequent in a Bible-believing church. Uh, it's a, it is a, well, at least in the East, in the ancient Near East, it was eating together, sharing bread, sharing the the uh, product of your labors, is is really a a, a mark of of friendship, and it it is a mark of commitment to each other. Well, apparently, in Luke chapter fourteen, which is our text for today. Jesus was guest at a uh, Sabbath day meal. And uh, while he went to this meal uh, to to be a part of that fellowship, he really began to look around. And there were some things that really grieved his heart. And he spoke about them in chapter 14. Now, I don't know exactly where this occurred, but it was evident that there were towns along the way where this would not have been an unusual thing to have a respected rabbi come and be part of a, uh, a, a meal that you would celebrate together. Apparently, when Jesus came into this particular home, uh, Luke chapter 14 and verse 1 says, And it came to pass, as he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day, Uh, that they watched him. And behold, you know, the fact that it says they watched him really raises the question, did they have this certain handicapped man there at this meal as bait to try to to, uh, get Jesus to trip up? Verse 2 says, and behold, there was a certain man before him which had the dropsy. Uh, Jesus answering spake unto the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? And they held their peace. And he took him and healed him and let him go. 
and answered them, saying, Which of you shall have an ass or an ox fallen into a pit, and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they could not answer him again to these things. So apparently the Lord saw at this banquet this particular man. Uh, I can't imagine the Pharisees or religious leaders treating this guy in such a contemptible way to have him there. But you know what? Kudos to that man for coming because there must have been something about him that was okay with what was going on and ended up Jesus healed this man, silenced those that were his accusers. Um, and by the way, indicating that God cares a whole lot more uh, about individuals uh, and people uh, and helping human beings and that that was God's uh, point that he's making in that passage. So Jesus was grieved. He saw something else at the banquet, though, that verses 7 through 11 go on to talk about. And in verses 7 through 11 at this banquet, the Bible says in verse 7, he put forth a parable to those which were bidden, those that were called to the banquet. And when he marked they, how they chose out the chief rooms, saying unto them, When thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden, uh, than thou be bidden of him. And he that bade thee and, uh, and him come and say to thee, Give this man place, and thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. And he goes on to say, listen, when you're called to come to a banquet, don't choose the chief seat. Go down and sit in the lowest room because it's a whole lot better if somebody comes and calls you uh, in a more honorable position. And so Jesus saw that people were seeking honor. They'd already ignored the needy that was there. But they saw that that uh, the people there were seeking to have the best seats in the house uh, rather than understanding a basic principle found in Scripture, um, you know, particularly Proverbs 25, verse 6 says, "...put not forth thyself in the presence of the king, and stand not in the place of great men." For better it is that it be said unto thee, Come up hither, than thou shouldst be put lower in the presence of the prince whom thine eyes have seen. So seek not honor for yourself. And then last of all, in this particular passage in chapter 14 of Luke, Jesus is once again at this banquet. And in verse 12, Then said he also to him that bade him, when thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and a recompense be made thee. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, that means to pay you back, uh, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. That's when you receive your reward. And of course, people heard that at the banquet, and it provides the opportunity for another uh, discourse by the Lord and teaching. The thrust of Jesus' teaching in that passage was this. Listen, don't just, in, just, don't just make it a habit to invite only those who can invite you in return. Uh, don't only do things for people because you'll know you'll have a reward for that. God is, the Lord Jesus actually here is teaching those disciples that were around him that we really need to have the best motivations. They need to be pure. Uh, our service for the Lord God, uh, in order for it to be a blessing to others, um, a fellowship that is based on 
selfish competition is not Christian fellowship at all. Uh, one man quoted R.G. Letourneau, and he said, uh, if we give only because it pays, it won't pay. Uh, the Lord God asks us to do those things that are going to be honoring to him and do it from humble hearts with the right motivation because then great is your reward in heaven. And I'd a whole lot rather be rewarded by heaven's standards than by this earth's standards. I don't want to do something for somebody out of some perceived ability to get something back from them. That is the wrong motivation. And Jesus teaches that to the disciples that were with him at the banquet that day. What a great example for us today. And I'm encouraging you to have that kind of spirit towards others as well. And look to, to, to honor and to be a blessing to those who don't have the ability to pay you back. Um, let's put this into practice. God bless you today. Walk with the Lord Jesus and listen to his, listen to his example that he provides. And uh, ask God to do a work of grace through you so that you might uh, stand in the right light before him and receive your reward in heaven. God bless you today. Walk with Christ. Journey with him as we go. We have a few more weeks to go before Easter comes. Uh, Resurrection Day, that premier date on our calendar as disciples of Jesus Christ is so special. I always get excited this time of the year and uh, looking forward to the hope, the freshness, the joy that is found in new life in Jesus Christ. If you haven't got that life, if you don't know what it's like to have that joy, will you please let me know? I'd be more than happy to to uh, correspond with you and give you the knowledge that you need on how to have hope in a lost and dying world. God bless you today.